0: I want to wish everybody happy forget day. Amen. Happy forget day, everybody. Because I guarantee you, you forgot about Father's Day. Amen. How many people forgot that today was Father's Day and now you're thinking to yourself, oh snap, I didn't call my dad, I'm going to have to call my dad after service, oh, I didn't get anything, don't worry, Walmart is still open and I and some of those stores even have curbside, so you can order online and then go pick it up right on the way home and bring it to your dad. Father's Day is the great forgotten holiday, amen, except for me this day, today they took care of me. They 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 took care of me this morning. They they made me feel like a father today. But you know that you know Father's Day gets a bad rap. Um, of all the holidays, it's probably the most forgotten holidays that we have. Number one holiday in America, which one do you think is, it is? Now, number one holiday is Christmas. Christmas beats every other holiday by far. Ninety percent or more of Americans celebrate Christmas, and it generates six hundred billion dollars a year of Christmas um, activity and that's normal I mean we have to celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ and obviously not everybody celebrating is a Christian but it is a great holiday to celebrate. Number two Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the second most celebrated holiday in America and then followed by Mother's Day and if you're a Haitian woman you get it not once you get it twice. You get double. So you get Mother's Day, and then followed by Easter, and then you followed by Fourth of July, and then at number six is Father's Day. Mother's Day generates 20 billion dollars, and then Father's Day generates 12 billion dollars, right? And, and so, so right about now, the Father's Day needs some love. Uh, but at least we beat Halloween, which comes after Father's Day and then Valentine's Day. So we, at least we beat the witches and the monsters. Amen. But if you look at the landscape that we're in right now, you can see that there is a war against fathers I- I- in America. You can see that fathers are a lot of times, we went from fathers and mothers being portrayed in a good way in the eighties and the nineties with, 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 uh, Dr. Oxtable and, and Uncle Phil and all of these guys showing good examples of strong fathers and strong mothers. Oh, and then we came now in the 2000s where it's the goofy dad, right? And there was a, a war on fatherhood. So I came to tell you this morning, in spite of what culture tells us, fathers are essential, Fathers are not optional. Uh, They are essential. There is that culture that, oh no, you know what? I don't need a father. I am a strong woman. I can do it by myself. And I'm here to tell you this morning, this is a lie from the devil. And I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles with me in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 to 4. And then we're going to follow right away with Matthew chapter 19, verse 3 to 6. So Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 to 4. And it says... Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. (coughs) Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy long life on earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And then we're going to jump to Matthew chapter 19. And Jesus, um, some Pharisees came to him to test him. They asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? And Jesus answered, Haven't you read that the beginning Then at the beginning, the creator made them male and female and said, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, God, what God has joined together, let no one separate. We see that when Jesus is asked about marriage, when Jesus is confronted with one of those catchy questions, what does he do? He goes back to the beginning and he says, In the beginning... God created them, male and female. And so the the traditional order of family, a father, a mother, and the children, that doesn't come from government. It doesn't come from the Constitution. It doesn't come from Europe. It comes from God. It's the institution that is established by God. Family is the first institution on earth. Before there was any government, there was a family. Before there was any hospital, there was a family. Before there was any there was a family. And family is essential in the plan of God. But unfortunately, there are unprecedented attacks against the traditional family. Even by those that are supposed to protect it, it is being attacked. But what you find out when you look at the Word of God is God gives you commands to protect yourself. God gives you command. When God tells you do not sleep around before marriage, It's not because he wants to spoil your fun, it's because he wants to protect you from the consequences of those actions. And then when God established a family, it established the environment in which the next members of society can develop in a way that is healthy. But when we look at America, we find that we have a fatherless home crisis. We We have a fatherless crisis. We have a crisis in the homes. 24% 24% of children in America live in a fa- father-absent home. And in every factor, in every negative factor of society, you, every, every section of society that has a negative connotation to it, there is a father factor. There is a problem in fatherhood in that section, section of, 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 of the society. You see that in America... of the parents that are in prison are male. 92% of our population are, uh, of our prison population are male. And and as a result, as a result, children who live in a fatherless home are four times more likely to live in poverty. Children who live in a fatherless home are 279%. Now think about this. 279% more likely to carry a gun or sell drugs. Ladies that, girls that grow up in a fatherless homes are more likely, are four times more likely to be pregnant before the age of 20. And the statuses go on and on and on, that uh, a society without fatherless homes. So you look at all everything that you go, that's going on in society right now, all the injustices, the, the disparities that are happening in society, and, and, and we blame race, and race does have a factor to it, but it, it has more to do with, 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 with what's happening in the homes, because 57% of fatherless homes are african American. And then 30% of fatherless homes are Hispanic. And only 20% of fatherless homes are Caucasian. So if you want to fix America, fix the family. If you want to fix the African-American community, fix the African-American family. But we have been fed a lie that fatherhood is not important. Who Guys have been fed a lie that say, you know what, you can go and you can procreate, but you don't have to take care of that child. They don't really need you. They have the mother. You can go on and live your life. And this is a lie from the devil. And we've been told, ladies have been told, you know what, I don't need a man. I'm a, I'm a powerful woman. I can take care of it all by myself. And, and certainly, mothers can do a lot of great things and that's why they get the better holiday. But one thing that you cannot do is you cannot transform yourself into a man. And one thing that a man cannot do, you cannot transform yourself into a woman. I don't care what the Supreme Court says. I don't care what they say. I care what Scripture says. And you cannot replace the role of a father in a child's life. And you cannot replace the role of a mother in a child's life. So it's not that you need one and not the other. It's not that you need mothers and not the fathers and fathers and not the mothers. You need them both. You need them both and you need them to be present. And you can be present in body but absent in spirit. But what the child needs is, is, is a set of parents that are present both in body and in spirit. That are fully involved and fully in care of their children. And what I want to tell fathers this morning is that you are empowered. You are empowered by God to have a lifelong impact on your children's life. And a lot of times with, you know, guys, sometimes we get a bad rap because everywhere you go, it's criticism. It's like, but guys are bad, 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 bad. But I want to tell you this morning, man, that you are empowered by God to have a positive impact on your children's life. Look at what it says in verse 4. It says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. So you have the power to be whether a negative Influence or positive influence to exasperate your children. Meaning, exasperate means to to to, to provoke. To, you know, like sometimes the parents they can you can get on your nerves. They can they can try to push the buttons. That's what it means. That's what meaning that word means to be beside someone and to push their buttons and and, and get on their case. And and sometimes we want good. We have good intention, but sometimes we 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 do it the wrong way where we make our children mad. For no valid reason, and sometimes we focus on winning battles, but we're losing the war in, in that same reference in Colossians Paul says don't exasperate your children so that they do not discourage themselves, do not be discouraged if all, the only thing the child hears from you is negative all the time. They get a B, you ask where the A is. They get 90%, you ask for the other 10%. They, they come home and, and they, they might not be the best athlete, but they did an effort. But you get on their case. Guess what happens? They get discouraged because they don't feel that they can do anything right. But it says, instead of exasperating Your children, instead of getting on your children's nerves, he says, build them up. Build them up. He says, and building up in, in that Greek passage, it means to feed. In them is the same passage like in the previous chapter when Paul says for husbands to love their wives like Christ loved the church, and he says, you know what? Because the two are one flesh, and nobody ever hated their own flesh, nobody ever hurt their own flesh. Rather, they they take care of the flesh and they nourish the flesh in to bring them up. That's the same word. So you have to nourish your children you have to feed your children what you want them to become you have to mold them into that you have to feed and be positive and raise them up rather than tear them down and it says to north so if we take the example of sports when, when when you're trying to be an athlete what do you do you, you first of all you watch your diet, right? So you don't eat just everything. You put aside the things that are bad for the body and you focus on what is good for the body. And then likewise, you have to, for the children, you take away what is bad for them, what can hurt them, what can, can be a detriment to them. But then you feed them with what is good for them. And then, and then, but then you, what you do is when you train, you know, when you do exercise, you break a little bit of your muscles. You break him a little bit. You don't break him too much, but you break him a little bit. So now the muscle gets built up because it's rebuilding what was broken. So you. That, so what I'm saying is, you don't get, you don't let the kids get off and do whatever they want. No, you have to correct them, but you correct them in a way that they can rise up and become better. You don't correct them in a way that is too harsh, and then they become bitter. And sometimes some parents they don't feel like you have to break their spirit, and you can. Win these battles, but you lose the war because they get discouraged. And, and what happens if you go to the gym and you start doing 25 sets of 100? You're going to hurt your muscle in a way that it's not going to be able to recuperate. No, you need to break the muscle, but you break it in a way that it can recuperate. You need to correct the child, but in a way that they, not to make him bitter, but to make him better. In a way that they get up and they feel like, okay, you know what? I got to do better next time and children could tell when you're being righteous in your punishment and when you're just being annoying but parents I want, and fathers I want to tell you that you're empowered to have an impact on your children's life when lebron when lebron james won the championship, I believe the year was 2014. First championship that he won, and he's on top of glory. LeBron went ahead and he he posted a tweet, uh, I mean an Instagram post. And in the Instagram post he said, wow dad, you know what, I don't know you, I have no idea who you are, but because of you is part of the reason who I am today. The fuel that I use, you not being there it's part of the reason I grew up to become who I am. It's part of the reason why I want to be hands on with my endeavors and be able to put my guys that, that's with me now in position, like, and then he names the guys that are with him. So me in a position allowing people around me to grow, that may be wouldn't have happened if I had two parents, two sisters, a dog and a picket fence, you know? And then he used, and then another post says, because of you, Pops, thanks all along, could have said, why me? Why you're not being there? But look what I made of myself. And we see, and I was like, when I saw that, when when he, he won, imagine this, you're an athlete, you're top, top athlete, and you're on top of your game. You just won the championship. If fathers did not matter, why would you post on Instagram about your dad? And what that tells me is that even in the height of success, he still has the pain of not growing up with his father. But LeBron did something that is recommendable and admirable. He took that pain and it allowed him to fuel it. That was the fuel for him to make something positive out of that pain unfortunately, a lot of times when people have pain, they use that as fuel to do something negative because like like Rick Warren likes to say hurt people hurt people and that's why you see so many guys in gangs they have the pain of not having a father so they turn to the gang guys for respect. They don't learn respect from their father so they go and get that father figure in the street and now they use that pain to do something bad and do something wrong And they and, and that pain carries and that's why we have the society that we have with so much gang violence, with so much uh, 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 single motherhood and, and all those different, so much drug abuse. It all stems from or most of it stems from fatherless homes. And so fathers today I want to tell you you matter in your children's life. You matter and I don't know what the situation is at home or what the situation might have been if you have a baby mama or whatever the case is. Your children need you. Because it matters. They matter. Now, if you're in a situation where whether you're a single father or a single mother, it's not a death sentence, but it's going to be a steeper hill. It's going to be a tougher ride than if you had two people working hand in hand and making it happen. It's going to be a tougher ride. So I want to tell you this morning that fathers are essential. Fathers are empowered to have an impact. But sometimes, sometimes fathers also need to be encouraged. You know, a lot of times we have the image of the father as a Superman and he's a superhero. But you know what? Even sometimes Superman gets hit with kryptonite. Even sometimes Batman doesn't have all his armor. And sometimes Flash loses his speed. And and, and you need sometimes to be encouraged. And I want to speak to the mothers now. The mothers are in the household. You are to be your husband's cheerleader. You are a lot of times uh, you can be the critic, but we, the man doesn't need a critic. He needs a cheerleader. He has enough critics in the world fighting against him. Now he needs a cheerleader. And here's what it says in um, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. And it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful, e- helpful, sorry, for the building others up according to their needs that he may benefits, benefit those who listen. Now you have to understand the most powerful person in a man's life is not his boss. It's not his cousin. It's his wife. You know what movie I like? I like Black Panther. You know why I like Black Panther? Because Black Panther showed you a strong king surrounded by strong women. If you remember the movie, he had the guard and they were all strong women. And it wasn't like the king dominated the woman or it's not like the women dominated the king. They were together. And, and, and you find that he had a guard and while his job as king was to protect the kingdom, the guard, the lady guards, were their job was to protect the king. The father's job is to protect the household. But the mother's job is to protect his heart. It's to protect him. And how you protect him is with your word that build up and not tear down. It's those words of encouragement and not those words of discouragement. And you see that Disney. A uh, model of the prince that goes and saves the princess. Trust me, if you use the right words, your man will go to the ends of the world to be the savior, to be the charming prince, to go and save the day. If you use the right word, if you use the word that that are empowering rather than discouraging, he will go to the ends of the world for you. And, and, and it's funny because there's a saying that says, "Behind every great man, there's a there's a great woman." Why? Because it's her that's holding him up. And sometimes I know you might be in a situation where your guy, your man is not acting the way that he's supposed to. He's not living up to the way that he's supposed to. And and I want to bring your attention to what Peter tells us in, in 1 Peter chapter 3. In 1 Peter chapter 3, and he says, so from verse 1 to verse 3, says, Wives, in the same way, submit yourself to your own husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, so he fires David. So, you know, like sometimes on your way to God's purpose for your life, you might be working in enemy territory, and they might feel like, you know what, where we're going, that person is not going because they got integrity. We got to get rid of them. And you might get fired because it's no fault of your own. You might get fired because he, the, the the, 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 the economic situation went down. You might get fired because the, the, the company made another, went in another direction. You might get fired because the other co-workers talked bad about you and they accuse you of things that you didn't do. That's what happened to David. They accused him of things that he didn't do. So David got fired. Chapter 29. So now we go in chapter 30, when David goes back to his base in the village, T- Tixlag they find that the village had been raided. Their wives, their children, they're all gone. They've been kidnapped. So imagine you come and all the men come and they see the village is ransacked, it's destroyed. And the the wives are not there. The children are not there. So those warriors, those strong men, got down and they started weeping. And they started weeping. And they started crying like like babies. They didn't know what to do. And at a certain point, David, the great leader, his men are rising up and turning against him. They're rising up and they're ready to stone David. It's because like, David, it's your fault. We lost our families. It's your fault. And the passage says, in that situation, David turned to God. And he found strength in the Lord his God. And I want to tell you men today, if you find yourself in a situation where work is not working the way that you wanted it to work. And then you go home and it's almost like the enemy is running wild and it's not working the way that you want it to work. You can find your strength in the Lord. You can find your strength in God. Because God can hear the cries that nobody else can hear. God can see the tears that nobody else can, can see. And God can give you strength. Because we serve a powerful God. We serve a powerful God. The Bible says, if God the Father that gave us Jesus Christ the Savior, if he gave us his Son, how much more will he not give us everything with his Son? Anything that you need, your Father already sees it. So don't let the trials of the world, don't let the the, the the hardship of the world affect your character as a man. Don't let them put you down as a man because fathers are essential. Fathers are empowered. Fathers are to be encouraged, but fathers are also examples. They're examples. You think about it. When God wanted to reveal himself to the world, When God, the the almighty God that created the heavens and the earth. When God, the God that created the stars, the, the seas, and all those wonders that we see in nature. When he wanted to reveal himself to us, he called himself father. He said, when Jesus taught them to pray, he says, our father. So father's are to be examples of Christ. Look at what Paul said when he's talking about marriage. It says, wives submit to your husband like the church, but husband love your wives like Christ. And then he says it's a mystery and he's talking about Christ and the church. When you're living your life, you're telling a story. You're telling the story of Jesus and the church. Now, if as a father you don't, act like Jesus would act you're telling a false story so you have to give the story of Christ accurately here's what he says in Psalms 103 verse 13 he says as a father has compassion of his, on his children so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him when God reveals himself to us he presents himself as a father a father that has compassion a father that loves his children and I want to tell you whether and I don't know because some people here you might have a situation where you're estranged from your father or your father has already gone to be with the Lord or your father has, has has not been in your life and I want to tell you this morning that he might not have your physical father but a God in heaven is your spiritual father and he wants to he wants to fill your life he wants to have compassion passion on on you, and you see the the importance of a father in the life. There was a kid. He was playing football. He was playing football. And his dad was blind. So he would play, but he wouldn't be good. He was a bencher, because he wasn't good. He was playing bench. And then one day his father died. And then the coach like, okay, you know what? His father died. I'm definitely not putting him. And they're, they're playing the game. They're playing, but there it's like they need one touchdown and they don't know what they're going to do. And that kid said, coach, put me in. And says, no, I'm not going to put you in. You're going through something. Said I said, No, go, coach, put me in. And he insisted and he insisted and he insisted. And then so the coach said, Okay, you know what? You can go in. And they gave him the ball and he ran like nobody ever ran before. He ran like he never ran before. And he gave him the touchdown and he gave him the victory. And I are like, wow, where did that come from? And he said, You know what? Because today is the first day that my father can see me. Because his father was blind, but once he got in heaven, he could see. And I want to tell you this morning, not necessarily your earthly father, but your spiritual father, your father in heaven sees you. When you're crying on your pillow and nobody knows what you're going through, your father in heaven sees you. When, when you're going and, and, and you don't know what route to take in life, your father in heaven sees you. When you're going through conflict and you don't know see the end and how it's going to be solved, your father in heaven sees you. When you're going through depression and, and, and you don't know why and you're going through the hardship of life, I want to tell you this morning that your father in heaven sees you and he loves you and he cares for you. He cares so much for you that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross and, and come back to life so that you can have access to the throne of God. And and, you know, when a child comes and I have four daughters, you know what gets to my heart? is when they come and they raise their hand. When they raise their hand and they say, I want up. Whether I want to give up or not, guess what? I'm going to have to pick them up. When we come to God in worship and you raise your hand to God, He sees you from heaven and He's going to pick you up into His presence. When a child comes and they cry, and you know as a parent, you know the cries, you know the cries, that are, oh yeah, they're just crying because they didn't get their way. But you know the cries, the real cries, the hurtful cries, the cries where there's pain, the cries where, where there's a real damage. And as a parent, you're going to get up and you're going to get and attend to your child. God hears those cries and He's going to get up and attend to your needs. I know it's a season right now but you have a father in heaven that's going to take care of you so do not dismay do not be in despair but come to God in faith and let him lift you up let him lift you up and the one thing that touches my heart every time is when you see a child that their head is on their father's chest and they sleep in peace they sleep in peace. It doesn't matter if the bills are paid or if the bills are not paid. They know the Father will take care of it. It doesn't matter if 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 there is sickness or there is no sickness. They know the Father is going to take care of it. It doesn't matter if if we're going through a rough time because they know their Father is going to take care of it so the child sleeps in peace because they know the Father is going to take care of it. And I want to tell you this morning that you can rest in the presence of God because your Father in Heaven is going to take care Take care of it. I don't know what you're going through today. Whether it's the corona that hit home. Whether it's the economy that hit home. Whether it's the social injustice that's hitting home. Whether it's you being treated unfairly at work and that's hitting home. I want to tell you this morning that you can rest in the presence of your father in heaven. And he will take care of it. So I'm going to invite you today as we close in worship. To just rest in the presence of God, just take a time to be with your Father in heaven. To just take a time to 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 to, if you're a father yourself, to ask God for the strength to be the father that you need to be. To ask God for the power to be the good father that you need to be in your household. If you're a mother. I'm going to ask you to rest in the presence of God that you understand that God in heaven, he is the good, good father. Father, we want to lift you up this morning because you are a good father and you've given us earthly, essential fathers, God. You've empowered them to have an impact on our kids, on, our, on the next generation, God. So God, we want to lift up your name this morning and we ask that you fix the broken families God that you fix the American family that you fix the African American family that you fix our families God and God if anybody here they're ready to throw in the towel and say what what is this for they don't love me my children don't love me my wife don't love me and they're ready to throw in the towel God I pray that you give them courage God that you give them power God that you give them strength to 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 persevere and to stay and to have that positive impact on the next generation, God, so that we can raise a, a, an army of, of strong men and women of God that serve you, disciples of Jesus Christ that go out and have make a difference in this world because they've been raised in a godly household, God. So we pray, God, that you fix our our hearts and therefore fix the family, and therefore fix our community, and therefore fix our country, God. And we come before you, God, because we know that you're the good, good father, God, and we know that you give us access to your throne, God, and we want to rest in your presence this morning, God, and we want to lift your name up, and we want to say thank you. Thank you because you're the father in our life. Thank you because you have not abandoned us, God. Thank you because you make yourself available to us. And no, as good as human fathers, we don't give bad stuff to our children. You give us the best stuff because you're the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, God. And we want to lift your name up this morning. And we do this not because we're worthy, but because of our brother, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. In his name, amen.